Good evening, everybody. Good to talk to you again. It's been a while. Um, this is Matt DeMarinas from White and Blue Review, sitting next to John Niatawa from the Omaha World Herald. Uh, after Creighton's 86-65 win over Green Bay, um, to get back on the winning track after a two-game skid against Gonzaga and Nebraska. Um, and, you know, there was a lot, I guess I'll just start, there was a lot kind of going into this one about Creighton's defensive performances of late. Uh, maybe, I mean, practically the whole season, but definitely of late. Um, John wrote a good, broke it down pretty well on uh, in his pregame stuff about Creighton's defense trending in the wrong direction, trending to be one of the worst under Greg McDermott in his eight years as the head coach, and uh, really not even close. I mean, but, um, you know, they, they came in, they'd allowed four straight opponents to shoot over 50% from the field, and that's only the second time in his D1 coaching career a team has ever done that, um, or has ever, a team of his has ever allowed that to happen. Greg, yeah, and never it's never been five. So, um, wow. So they were messing with history tonight. Wait, four, four straight opponents over 50%. 50%. Yeah, that never. It was only only the 2011-2012 Creighton team did that, um, but no team he's ever coached in the, at the D1 level has allowed it for five straight. And they didn't allow it tonight. They hit, they forced Green Bay to shoot 35% from the field. Um, forced 18 turnovers, wore them out with the pace. Um, you know, did a lot of good things. But so I think that there's a lot to build off of tonight, um, just in terms of the stuff they were really concerned about after the last two losses and certainly the season as a whole. Um, so there's going to be quite a bit that I dissect tonight. So we'll just jump right in. Um, and John, I'll let you tee it off here with your initial thoughts. You know, maybe if you want to even start with the things that you. Wrote about in pregame and what yeah. you saw out of Creighton's response to all of that. Well, I thought. Let me think. Defensively, I mean, for me, a lot of it boiled down. And what when I talked to the players and Coach McDermott this week, it seemed like a lot of the attention that they were placing was on the little things, like being assignment sound defensively, being in the right spot within their man-to-man system. Because even if you're it's interesting, a couple times in practice, like, a guy who is maybe being, who is in help position would be maybe two feet away from where he's supposed to be. Like, maybe they wanted that guy to be standing right underneath the rim, essentially, and um, the player was on the right on the right side of the lane. Well, the... So, like, a close but not quite close. Right, and, and the thing is, is because, so, I think... Greg McDermott pointed out to a player at one point, it was like, if you're in the right spot, you can meet, if someone has a baseline drive, you can meet them before they get to the, to the lane. You meet them outside the lane, um, and you wall up, but if you're not in the right spot initially, and you try to meet that driver, you're going to meet him at the rim, and most likely, it's going to be a layup or an and one or a foul, you know, because you're just not going to be in the right spot. So, like, those types of things, positioning is... Um, was one thing that stood out, um, and so it's like a focus on the details, the, the minor details of where you need to be, and effort was big. Um, effort in terms of diving after loose balls, effort in terms of sticking your neck in there and drawing a charge, effort in terms of battling for rebounds and just being tough. Um, and then I guess a pride thing it kind of relates to effort but like taking pride and guarding the ball and just being tenacious mm-hmm. um, I heard a couple players mention that during during the last week like this there's there's I've, 
generally the theme was like there are so many things Creighton's players would say that there's so many things that we can do better at and so many ways in which our defense can improve. And when you watch the film against Nebraska and Gonzaga, like there is a certain, there's a part of you that does tip your cap to those teams. Nebraska made shot, Gonzaga shots, Gonzaga is a really good offense. But like there are so many um, aspects or mistakes or miscues that Creighton made during those games like that the players were just like if we just if we're able to just do this, it'd be like a, a little bit better in in like it's crazy four or five little yeah. areas. How in games much they lost by thirty points combined that they had a chance, and if they just did those things, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. In games yeah. where they they gave up one hundred and ninety seven points combined in those two games, but in their mind they're like, it's not we're not that far away, and it's not the situation isn't that dire. Mm-hmm. Like I did in my story, I did write toward the end that like yeah, Creighton's trending, it's bad. I mean, uh, defensively, it could be one of Greg McDermott's worst defensive teams at Creighton, perhaps the worst, mm-hmm. if it continues down this path. But there's also so many, like, again, the players and Coach McDermott, they they talked about there's so many areas in which they can improve. And to them, it's not um, improbable for them to make that those steps. And I think you saw pieces of that mm-hmm. against Green Bay tonight. Yeah, the one area I think is going to look really apparent on the rewatch is their closeouts. Like, I, you know, you're talking about yeah, I positioning to and things. Out, that, like, yeah, you're that, talking about like positioning that's, and then like me, how close you are but not close enough. That's like an like, effort thing too. Yeah, and, yeah. and also just you know, to be a little taking, bit. Taking pride too. Mm-hmm. Like, that, I mean, that, yeah. You can't, you can't. Like I felt like Marcus was really good on getting up Making sure the hand was up, making sure he was close and in guys' space. Mitch, um, Tyshawn, Damian, like even though those, like they can live with guys hitting shots if they're doing all they can to take them away. Like sometimes, good offense always beats good defense type of deal. Um, but I thought for the most part all night those guys were, those guys in particular were really locked in on making sure nothing came easy if they had an opportunity to affect a shot. Um, you know, and that doesn't mean like. It's not going to be like, you know, a Kyrie Thomas with his length, deflecting shots, blocking shots. Um, you know, most of Kyrie's really good defense was just not letting guys get room to shoot in the first place. Like, you know, the, the this just shutting guys down to the point where they wouldn't even think they had an opportunity to put one up. But, you know, for this team, people are going to think they can attack Creighton in certain spots on the floor, especially on the wing if they've got some length, which Green Bay did have length tonight. They had yeah. six, six guys, six, five guys. Um, you know, they played small a lot. They got the ball moving up and down like they normally do. Um, so they th- probably thought there was a, there was an opportunity to bomb away on Creighton. And, you know, I, I, they, they have, what, three guys, two or three guys shooting 37% or better from three, I think. Maybe two guys at 37% or better and then one at 35. Yeah, I think that's right. You know, but nobody, I mean, they were 5 of 22 as a team, 1 of 10 in the second half, and nobody on their, nobody who played the night for them hit more than one three. So um, I thought... There was a. I thought. I thought Creighton made a jump today in terms of how they affect those perimeter shots that. You know that were going in at a high rate against you know down in Lincoln on Saturday especially and then to a certain extent against Gonzaga even though Gonzaga didn't really shoot a great percentage they still had a lot of good they looks shot at their length yeah they shot it well for the key stretches because we talked about like people teams probably think they can just shoot over it no matter if Creighton's yeah. in the right spot or not just because of the size they aren't the that was the thing with Nebraska I felt like so many. In so many moments during that game, Nebraska's guys rose up for a jumper undeterred or, like, 
unfazed by the hand. Mm-hmm. Their hand was there a lot of times, but Nebraska's guys were just like, it's not like yeah. you're not actually going to bother. You're not taking me out of my rhythm, and you're not going to block this shot. It's a weird so. detail because, like, what do you think is – if you're grading it and watching it, what do you think is a good contest? Like, does that have to be in front of the face? Does that have to be high on the wrist? Like, where – It's hard to I say. Guess it's like I, good, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, don't even, I don't really know what I would think. I don't, I don't, I don't know, know how to judge it either other than, like um, – well, and it's funny, too, you know, like, there's the analytics dudes will always say, like, your three-point defense, that number, Creighton finished, or, or Green Bay was five of 22. It's ne- it's not always indicative of how good of a three-point defensive team you are. Okay. Because sometimes guys make tough shots, right. sometimes they miss good shots, open shots. But... Um, I think it's, it it comes down to like trying to break that guy the the player's rhythm and make them feel you. Okay. You know you got it like. Um, it probably would be a, like a subjective grading probably analysis like you probably, probably yeah. but like you can just I don't know you can just tell like I guess tonight it felt like Creighton's guys were up in them like you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm glad you brought up the closeouts because against Nebraska, it felt like the Huskers were in comfortable. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just rising and firing without any resistance, and, and it felt like at least Creighton offered some resistance against Green Bay. I think in the... Uh, it obviously helps that they miss shots because it makes it look good. No, but, yeah, but, but I, think, I think there's yeah, a reason but they, I think they missed one. I think they missed them bad yeah. tonight, though, which I think is indicative of how much um, space Creighton was taken away. Um, but, yeah, it is objective. I agree. We'll see how it, go, how it goes moving forward. Um, you know, this is going to be the second good game in a row from Mitch Ballack in terms of the box score because obviously you know he went 7 for 10 from 3 in Lincoln scored 23 points um, but I thought he played a lot better tonight than he did in Lincoln especially his hustle I mean yeah, his hustle. effort I, I, the, the one play we can obviously highlight from a hustle standpoint is um, in the first half he took the ball to the rim missed the layup uh, tipped the offensive board out then dove on the floor as it was loose um, tipped it back out on the dive to Tyshawn. Then he got up, ran to the corner, and Tyshawn hit him for a three. I mean, that was just a crazy amount of effort in about a, like a 10 to 12 second span, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, maybe not even that much time. Um, you know, I just thought his, you know, because I think one effort play you can single out against Nebraska is the loose ball that Connor Cashar kind of rolled to the corner, and I think Mitch and another, I can't remember who, Damian maybe. Damian, I think. We're both yeah. just kind of like standing there watching it as Nana Kenton dove into their space and took it away. Um, you know, I felt like the 50-50 balls were something they were really disappointed in in Lincoln, and that's one example of many tonight, especially from Mitch Ballack's perspective of the effort he brought, not just the proficient shooting. Right. Yeah, and I'm not surprised because, I mean, honestly, he's one of their harder-working guys yeah. anyway. I just think, and McDermott kind of alluded to it after the game where he said something like, it, I Gosh, I can't remember the exact quotes because I feel like he said something along the lines of like it was sort of a shock to them when they watched the film or maybe when they were in the game in that environment of like how hard Nebraska was playing. Didn't he kind of allude to that in the press I know conference? what you're talking about, yeah. I yeah. thought he did because that's how I felt. I felt like Nebraska played so hard that... Like you can feel like you're playing... I think it was like you can feel like you're playing hard but then you see the extra effort that the other team... Is and you're like a split second too late or yeah, something yeah, yeah. reacting. Exactly, yeah, that's... Yeah. And I, I, I felt like Creighton just wasn't in the right mental or, like, had the right mentality of, like, going in there determined to hustle and to win everything. Mm-hmm. And the Jays had that mentality tonight, and you could see the difference in 
it was Mitch, like you said, diving to tip out that ball to keep it alive. It was Damian Jefferson diving into the bench to save a ball at one point. Um, Samson Froling battling for a couple offensive rebounds to keep a possession alive. Um, you know, it was all over the place, and, and that was mm-hmm. obviously something that Creighton's going to have to try to replicate more going forward. That's probably uh, – let's, let's, can we maybe we, like, start there and – talk about that a little bit like how much do you think the effort they put forth tonight can be replicated against the rest of their competition you know yeah Oklahoma coming up certainly the Big East um because like obviously the offense wasn't as crisp at points tonight certainly earlier in the game I mean, their they got off to a really good start their points per possession yeah, yeah they were at 1.049 because it's like 86 points you're thinking okay they did okay but sure. as you if you watch the game and at that points per possession, like the efficiency wasn't there, right. but that's so, okay because this so, game wasn't about their offense. No, 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 there's no doubt about that. Like, <laughs> there's like there's gonna be like give and take. You know what I mean? Like, if you want more defensively, that's you have to focus more on it, yeah. and then like the 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 efficiency with you know with what you're how much you're energy like. if how much energy can you put forth on offense to still be you know high energy, potent, and and. Um, on the attack, but still have something left in the tank to really battle and grind defensively. The one thing before you can jump in on it is Marcus Zagorowski said tonight that he feels like this team can build off of their defense. So if they do bring that tenacity and that fight and that physicality and that effort, that they can get easy offense with their stops. Like, they can churn it and run it and get a good quality look out of it most of the time. So, like... He feels like the defense can be the building block for their offense, and then not necessarily having to be as efficient every single night. Like they can maybe survive a poor shooting night if they're yeah. if they always have the effort on the defensive end. So like that's something where maybe the balance can be shifted a little bit, and they can still be a really good team. I guess yeah, even though they're not built to be I wonder, a stopper. I, I do wonder if like this game sort of because Creighton was so adamant about running it down Green Bay's throat, and you made you alluded to it at the start of the podcast about how Creighton wore him down at the end of both halves and like I think I might have said that off air so you can repeat it if you need to okay well yeah Creighton wore him down at the yeah, end of the did. first half and the end of the second and we could tell you, it, get, though. you could tell yeah, it was you apparent tell. wasn't it yeah, yeah. Um, but so Creighton was like they, they were they made they made a point like oh we got to push tempo push tempo but so that may have contributed to some of the like yeah, so like that's in, what we've talked about before the defense being their or the the pace being some of their best or a good way to defend because you wear the team out. And right. They just don't have any legs. But they, it almost looked like they were moving a little bit too fast at times <laughs> and trying to attack a little bit too much. And so if they can, um, and I wonder if that was just the this game sort of like oh, okay. that idea of trying to almost work too hard to capitalize on a stop. It's like you, they finally got the stop, and they're like, "Oh, yeah, God, we got to take advantage of the points real right. quick. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, we got to take advantage of this right now. <laughs> what are we really putting on? A defensive board. What do we do with it? Right. <laughs> <A> turnover? Huh? <laughs> and 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 when yeah, and instead you you'd hope that, and I think that they will. I, I wonder if it was again. I think it might have been just this game where they were just a, maybe a little bit too. The gas pedal was like stuck to the floor when it didn't need to be at times, but. Yeah. Um, Let's see what they were defensive rebounding. Oh, I got it. Defensive rebounding it? percentage was eighty-one point four. That's that'll win you a lot of games. Yeah, that's what fifteen percent better than it was on 
in Lincoln. Yeah. Yeah, I'd have to go look at my notes. It was not. I mean, they were at sixty-seven percent for the year coming into tonight. That is just so bad. Uh-huh. Um, Especially for a team that, and I, I think that most of the fans who listen to this podcast understand, but just let's just reiterate it again. The Creighton has not been a good offensive rebounding team under Coach McDermott, but it's it's not. It's something that like you can't be good at everything offensively. Yeah, and that's one of the things that. Um, well, I think case. I think part of their philosophy is not to crash the offensive glass a lot too. Well, they want to. They want to defend. Yeah, yeah, they want to defend in transition, and mm-hmm. they haven't had a lot of. I mean, when you're spacing the floors, the floor with three or four guys behind the three point line, sometimes it's hard to like right. get those offensive boards. But defensive rebounding is a priority. It's why it's it's a little bit misleading sometimes to look at the final rebounding total or the yeah, rebounding yeah. margin. But what I you know agree. the. Although they did win the rebounding battle all together. So right. I guess you can if you want to. <laughs> yeah. But the defensive rebounding percentage is the, is the number. It's how many, um, how many rebounds does Creighton get when, uh, when the ball's loose after their opponent misses. Mm-hmm. And that's the one. That so Creighton, I mean, if you think about it, so Green Bay had eight offensive rebounds, but they missed 39 shots. Creighton grabbed 35 defensive rebounds. So, like, I know that's not the one-to-one stat there, but, like, if you talk about how many miss, rebounds to miss shots, that's pretty good. Yeah. And so that's that has been a major weakness for this team. And Absolutely. it's I mean, when you look at um Gonzaga down the stretch in that game, being able to pull away and build a lead, it got a lot of second chance opportunities in Nebraska, one of the reasons why it held Creighton off and kept Creighton from putting pressure on mm-hmm. them. You know, Creighton was obviously working things offensively and scoring, but it couldn't break through because Nebraska got some offensive boards, and so it, that was yeah. That's that's a definite sort of like building block, mm-hmm. and it'll be something to watch. I feel like I do these like three keys to each game, and I feel like each game I sh- I could easily just write the same stuff rebounding yeah. in there. Well, um, I mean that's because kind it's of so this, important. I, it, it is it is it is the key to the season. You know what I mean? It is the key to how good or bad they're going to be. If they you, you can kind of like peg it down. All right, like. Creighton lost this game by why, and you'll you probably guess why and be right. You know what I mean? Like it's not a, it's not like a secret formula. Um, even though it's still like kind of early in the season, early ish. Like this, the, it's kind of we know who they are at this point, and we know what the key to yeah. success will be. Um, we know their flaws, um, so it's all about how much they can shore that up. You know, will depend on what type of season they have ultimately. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's the thing, and I think one of the reasons why the coaching staff and the players are so encouraged with where they're at is because they are young, and they feel like the more reps they get in practice and in games, mm-hmm. like there's there's a huge sort of growth potential for this team. Whereas if you had a veteran team, you're kind of like, uh, we sort of are who we are. Like these are our flaws, and we're just gonna have to try to manage them. Yeah. But I think that they're encouraged with this team and. You know, I am to a certain extent, I, I can buy into that. I do kind of feel like there's a certain amount of the vulnerabilities that Creighton showed. Like I think they're just a lot of them are going to just be there. But I do I can understand that perspective where um, the players and coaches are saying like, look, there are there are things that we can improve on, and by February we're going to be a much different team. And mm-hmm. they've already I mean they've already shown over the course of uh, what are we. Six weeks in the season. Since they went to the Caymans, or, or, or just, four, yeah, okay. maybe even four weeks since yeah. that. Um, 
yeah, they, they, there's an improvement track mm-hmm. there. So if they can continue on that path, then, yeah, they will be a much better team in February. Mm-hmm. Um, but it remains to be seen how much better they can get. Yeah. Um, more individuals, I guess. Caleb Joseph deserves some props tonight for the way he played. Those were all in the um, second half, weren't they? Did he score all 11 in the second? There were some big – there was definitely big ones in the second half. Let's see. Yep, all 11 points. Yeah. He was four for five in the second half. Three of three from three. Oh. And I think all three of those, two of them were definitely big. Uh, Green Bay had cut it to six. And I think he hit two threes and a jumper in that stretch to – in that in that uh, 8-0 run. Did he score all eight points in that 8-0 run, actually? That feels like it, no – so it feels like a no? <laughs> I don't know. 62-56 is when it started. So he hit a three. Then oh, he, hit he a did jump. hit yeah. eight in a row. Look at that. Hey. hey. Memory works, baby. Yeah, so he, he scored eight straight in the from yeah. after Green Bay cut it to six to push it to 14, and it was essentially over at that point. Green Bay never even – I think Green yeah, Bay so stayed within 12 to 14. It was that, pushed out. What was that? That looks like a 14 to 2 run, and he had eight of the points during mm-hmm. that run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Including the three on the ridiculous no-look – in transition by Mitch Ballack, which Marcus Zagorowski says was better than his no look at against Montana. So okay, respect given to the elder, if you will, for the for the no look over the back. Yep. Pass and I think it. that's fair. Like I've, I've, you know, Mitch was like a legitimate behind the back pass. Like he did, his head was facing a different direction. Uh-huh. So it was legitimate. That's yeah. maybe that gift should get a lot of run when you put that thing in. I, I guess I should. I'll be surprised if it doesn't get at least twenty RTs. So <laughs> I think you'll get some run out of that one. Set the stage. I, I I am curious to see what that one looks like because yeah. that was yeah a showstopper type of play. Yeah. yeah. It, wasn't it funny in the press conference? Where, didn't Tyshawn say something like? I told him where he was. I told him where Caleb was. Yeah. yeah. And I think didn't Tyshawn say something like Mac? Would have pulled Mac pulled me last year when I tried that or uh-huh. something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then Mitch said if I had thrown that into the stands, I would be pulled too. So yeah, yeah. They had a lot of fun with that one. There was a lot of fun after this game because they won by twenty one. So. And, and I think they also like what all the things that they had worked on in practice they applied in the yeah. game. So I think they felt. Good I mean, about Monday that. was a br- Tuesday. Tuesday. Tuesday, yeah. Tuesday was a brutal one. I mean, that was like a football practice. I don't even think they ran an offensive drill, like. Until the last maybe twenty minutes or so of practice, yeah. and um, Wednesday had a similar feel. It did yeah, not, yeah. Like, but you can see the guys were like kind of beat up too. Yeah. Like they were like, you know, they were talking there were about more ailments, if you will. <laughs> they were mm-hmm. talking about being sore. Yeah. By Thursday, everyone was like, maybe moving a little bit, mm-hmm. <laughs> a little bit slower. Yeah, a lot of ice baths this week. <laughs> um. No, but I, yeah, we started on Caleb Joseph. We got sidetracked there. Sorry. Uh, Eleven points all in the second half and eight zero run need, to push the lead. Him, like man. that was big. Like, yeah, they, but they need like more consistency from their wings off the bench because Tyshawn Alexander and Mitch Ballack, especially as they work to put forth more effort on defense as they tried to tonight and they want to keep doing that going forward. Like, I mean, it's a long season and they're obviously going to be relied on to do a lot for this team, but Creighton needs production um, and the coaching staff has to Sort of have see guys like Caleb, jo- Caleb Joseph step in and make a contribution, so they can trust them in, in critical situations. If one of those guys is in foul trouble, or if uh, um, you know Alexander or Mitch Ballack needs a breather, so yeah. they and they have the ability to slide Davion to the two, so that helps as well to 
to add another piece on the wing. But, yeah, Caleb Joseph made an impact. And I feel like um, I, I think it also enhances Creighton's attack. I mean, if you, like in Tyshawn, terms of the waves. That they yeah, like Tyshawn Alexander and Mitch Ballet, um I think they both played 30-plus minutes against Gonzaga. And I want to say they both played 30-plus minutes against Nebraska, too. I feel like um, that was if, – if Creighton's going to use its depth and really try to wear teams down like it did tonight, like it needs to have um, consistent contrib- contributions from guys off the bench so that it doesn't have to lean on its starters as much. Yeah, both those guys were – Way into the thirties in both those games, yeah, and, and so and like it's it's a they're good players, so you can understand why you, like you want them to play a lot, mm-hmm. but also, you know, maybe instead of playing Tyshawn Alexander thirty six minutes and Mitch Ballack thirty four minutes, you can play them twenty eight and twenty nine minutes, and they'll be fresher during those twenty eight twenty nine, and a guy like Caleb Joseph steps in and gives you quality um, production off the bench, so. <sighs> The more consistent he can be, the better, obviously, for the team. Mm-hmm. He, he was good in the second half, for sure. Another uh, surprise besides defense tonight was Christian Bishop getting some extended playing time. Um, you know, it's only going to be like nine minutes, but, I mean, it was meaningful because the men's he played were when the game was kind of in doubt. You know what I mean? It wasn't like a full it – was, he wasn't getting mop-up time. Um, so, Epperson, Jacob Epperson, obviously, is um, dealing with a little bit of a back issue. Martin Crample got in foul trouble. But even still, like Christian was the first guy off the floor, or the first guy off the bench ahead of Sam Froling. So, you know, I think that had a little bit more to do with the matchup at the moment with Martin in foul trouble. Um, Green Bay had a small lineup in the game, and yeah. Greg with the pace said, being what he, it was going to be. He said something about them having a shooter. So when their stretch five was on the floor, Christian, it made sense more sense to have Christian on the floor. But. Gotcha. So yeah, uh, you know, there was some good, there was some bad um, in his performance. And, uh, you know, I think there's a lot to, like, there's probably going to be a lot to dissect out of that nine minutes because it's, like, the first glimpse of, um, you know, meaningful playing time he's gotten this season. So, yeah. I guess, what did you take away from what well, he provided tonight, like, good and bad, I guess? I think, do you see do you see things that he did tonight that can possibly be impactful going forward? Like, do you see what his potential role could be if he... Gets an expanded one. Yeah, I think there's. I just think he just needs more, like meaningful time. Mm -hmm. I think he does need more minutes like that when the game's on the line, so he can work through, just to settle into the pace of the game. Because like some of the mistakes, mistakes. I don't know. He he got whistled for one offensive foul because he extended an arm. Um, He there was a pass to him on a slip screen. I think that he bobbled. Um, He got beat off the dribble on one. It's just like those types of plays, Like, I think the more you're on the court, the less often those types of things happen because you just are – you understand where guys are going to be and you can sort of – I don't know, you just you have a better feel for how fast things are happening. And so I think that um, – I think the more he plays, the better the, – the less – I don't know. I don't think it's jitters. I don't think it's jitters. I think it's just, like, adjusting to, I don't know, with the game on the line and having... Yeah, yeah, like the flow of 
Yeah. A competitive game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, I, yeah, I'm not quite sure what his, where, how he fits. But I know he can rebound, and I know he can bring some physicality on the interior. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, so I think I, th- yeah, the I think three turnovers, two of them were offensive fouls, if I'm not mistaken. Right? And there was just one turnover. Yeah, I don't know if they credited I don't know if they credited him that you know, he slipped the screen and then couldn't handle the pass. And I don't know if that was a turnover on, for him or if that was for the person who made the pass. But... Mm-hmm. Yeah, the other two were offensive fouls. Mm-hmm. So they were, like, aggressive plays, mm-hmm. which you'd expect from him. Um, yeah, he got into foul trouble. I can, You know, I can see his, like, I can see his, his, I can see where he can be effective. Certainly he has a physicality to him. It's just, he's, like, he's just got a fight to him, like, a little bit. You know, he's a pushy around kind of guy. Yeah. It's not going to be, he's going to get in foul trouble a lot. Um, Probably <laughs> just because he. Does, I mean, one. I, one of them was like that forearm shove he does a lot to Martin in practice. Uh, that was his first offensive foul because uh-huh. he flat out just like, you know. Yeah, he used the free arm to yeah. shove the guy out, like to to get his space. Um, like he uses that a lot in practice and gets away with it because obviously they're trying to get they're letting that stuff go because they want you to be more physical. But that's a foul in real game. So you <laughs> that's know, what I'm that's, saying. Like I think there's yeah. a lot of things like. I feel like Samson Froling dealt with that, especially early on, like the things that he was doing in practice, whether it was, um, you know, the one-on-one plays, when he when he could put the ball on the floor and when he couldn't. I think he worked through that. He needed he needed in-game reps in, in meaningful moments to work through that. Mm-hmm. I feel like he has. He seems to be. Um, I, I thought he had some good, you know, some moments against Nebraska and then tonight. Yeah. So I think there's, like, you can see – he seems uh, to know, like, okay, I can do this, I can get away with this, but I can't do this. Yeah, I have, have a better idea of that anyway, and I think that the more Bishop plays, the more, you know, he'll figure that out too. Sure. Um, let's do – Rob Anderson handed us, like, an entire sheet of goodies here. So let's read these off and then – because I think some of it's pretty cool. Um, there might be one talking point in here too, and then we'll get to questions. Uh, we've got quite a few of them. From Twitter tonight. So, uh, first one is Creighton has hit 117 threes through 10 games so far this year. Um, that's the most ever through 10 games in program history. 2013-2014, uh, the first team that was in the Big East hit 113 through 10 games. A lot of threes. Yeah. Uh, most three-point field goals made through 10 games, um, individual players. Uh, Kyle Corver hit 45 in 0203 his senior year. Uh, Ethan Rocky hit 38 in the first 10 games of his senior year. And your super sophomores, Tyshawn Alexander and Mitch Ballack, are both at 34 through 10 games. So that's pretty good company for the two second year. Splash Brothers. The Splash Brothers. We, spl- we got we Audrey Faber and Jay the Nagel, Splash, Splash sisters. sisters, and we got Splash Brothers. On yeah. The- okay. I don't know. I don't know. There's probably a better nickname for them. They should all do a three point shootout, though. All four of them. Like next Saturday or something. Something you know, about. in the public for everybody to see. Yeah. For fun. Charity, maybe? I don't know. Alexander. <laughs> That's good. I didn't even think about this. <laughs> oh my god. Wow. Alexander. Okay. <laughs> is it is it is it is it uh <laughs> Yeah, is it bad to give them a, a, I don't know. a <laughs> combine their names? It's usually reserved for like celebrity couples, so that's I don't know, true. But. 
they might be offended by that. There might be celebrities around here though, so it's you know <laughs> there's their formula there. Right, what other stats you got? Sorry, first uh, first time in seven straight games, uh, hitting ten threes, at least ten threes in program history. That's really impressive, considering how long they've been, they've been shooting threes my entire life practically. So for that to be a thing, um, this one we've alluded to on the podcast before, uh, but it's cool to see some perspective on it. Remember the you remember the Bemidji State game that. That kind of like break in the middle of conference play. Yeah. Tune up, if you will, last year that actually led to the derailment of their season almost. <laughs> and uh, before they beat Villanova. Um, so Mitch kept like missing, missing, and missing, and missing, and missing. And Mac was like, just kept getting him shots because like he's got to get one to go in type of deal. Like that was when he was really fighting his confidence. Uh huh. Um, so he's made a three in every game he's played since then. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's probably what like. A springboard for 18, his oh, 18 games in a row. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, since that game started. So, and then tonight, um, so 65 points allowed by Creighton was a season low for their defense and a season low for Green Bay's offense. So, we touched on the defense a lot, but you want to touch on the Mitch thing at all? Because, like, not only that, but he's, like, what, 12 for 17 Last two games from three, right? Yes. And he shot, I don't think he shot well against Gonzaga. Was he a three for ten? Three for ten, yeah. Yeah, so, you know. But he, I feel like some of those were forced. I know one of, one. one of them was forced. Yeah, a lot of them. They shot a lot of forced shots against Gonzaga. Um, um, but yeah, yeah he's 70.6% 70, 70. Right in the last two games from three is, <laughs> that'll do. Yeah. <laughs> that might not, you might not have a Splash brother. He might just be like Splash. Yeah, <laughs> singular. Yeah. Um, like, there's the Flash superhero, Mitch is just Splash. Yeah, he's feeling it, man. Yeah, like, but I mean, is it really a surprise? Like, no. Because he's, he's, he's got well, the I ability to, to be like this degree. He's probably to this degree. He's 50% from the field. That's, 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 a, that's a surprise, especially mm-hmm. for the quantity that he's getting. And especially because you know. Surprise may be the wrong word. Impressive. Yeah, it's, it yeah, because you know how high that piece, Mitch Balick's jump shot, like, that's got to be. At the top of your scouting report, don't let this guy have an open jump shot. So, which Green Bay was letting happen an unusual yeah. amount tonight. Like, all right, that, that three before the buzzer, they literally yeah. just moved that, off of him. And they, Ty was that, like, okay, <laughs> like Ty was standing there for what eight seconds, and they didn't even set a ball screen for him. Mitch, they just moved off of Mitch, and Ty just passed it to him, and he knocked it in. Like, what were they thinking? I don't there? know about that. That was in that front was, of their coaches too. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, but, no, I think that Creighton's ball movement, Mitch Ballack alluded to this in the press conference. He said something like, my guys are doing a good job of finding me. Um, the defense is sort of collapsing to them. They're, all, they're obviously also put, paying extra attention to Tyshawn Alexander, so that's created some openings for me. Um, he had a, he, I, shoot, he was 5 for 7 tonight. I think he, if we, I, I know he missed one in the corner wide open. I'm trying to remember the other one that he missed that, Top of the key. Just I mean, a little he, shorter. In his mind, he yeah. probably felt like he should have been 7-for-7 seven seven yeah. because of the looks he got. Um, but I wish he was 7-for-7. Seven seven. Would have been nice to get that over with. <laughs> have we revealed that on the podcast? That I don't know. Yeah, we had a we had an over-under bet on how many 7-3 games Mitch would have in his career, right? Yeah. And I, we set it at 2, didn't we? We set it at 2, and I took yeah. that. I was like, he's not getting more than 2. Right, and I took the over. So I'm feeling – I've got one in the bag already. I feel good. <laughs> 
but it would have been nice to get them all out of the. I mean, he had six against Clemson, five tonight. I could have already won that thing, you know. Very close. Yeah. So feeling pretty good about my chances of winning that one going forward. Um, questions? Should we get to questions? Yeah, let's We're go. At Thirty-five minutes here. Um, so first one is from Michael Murakami, former social media guru for Creighton. Now just, I don't even know what he's doing right now. He probably not nothing important, right? Um, his first question is, <laughs> I have is a gift of the office. Uh, I have a lot of questions. First, uh, number one, how dare you? Um, yeah, so how dare you? Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll let you go with that one first. How, how dare? How dare how, you? Like how? How dare you? How dare you? Yeah, like how dare you? It's like why? What's, what's your problem? Okay. You have a problem? Nope. No. Okay. We're good. <laughs> um, second one from Patrick Marshall. That's not his real name, by the way. Um, use your real name, Patrick. Uh, how do you fix free throw shooting with this team? Is it more a fundamental thing or a mental thing? Um, you know what's funny is uh, we were actually talking to, I shouldn't say we because you weren't there, but... We were talking to Flan this week, just random conversation about free throw shooting. Um, women don't, the women's basketball team doesn't practice free throws in practice. They don't like shoot them. They just, his philosophy is I got a bunch of good shooters. They should know how to shoot free throws. Like, so I don't, I don't have them work so on So do they work on it on their own time? Yeah, I don't know. Okay. It's actually kind of interesting because I've been to a few women's basketball practices and I can't think of a time when I remember them shooting free throws. Just in like, just when they're trying to do like a rebounding drill. <laughs> Because they, because they're bad. What they are bad at is like free throw box outs. Like so, that's something they have to emphasize on. But you can't do that unless you shoot free throw and miss it. So, but yeah, his philosophy is like, I, you know, we've got a bunch of good shooters. I don't. So are you I don't, saying that Creighton is shooting? Cre- but I'm just saying, Creighton, men, we know the, the men's basketball team practices free throws a yeah. lot. Like they they shoot them when they're fatigued. Yep. They don't ever. They can't leave the floor after practice without making a certain number in a row. That changes per day and things like that. So like Creighton practices their free throw shooting a lot. So, so maybe they're be, practicing too much. Like that's well, that's kind of like which philosophy do you buy into? I guess. I don't think you can practice free throws too much. I don't think so either because it's a muscle memory thing. Yeah, and when you but get for on a the good court, shoot, but for a good shooting team to shoot as poorly from the line as they did tonight, yeah, and what they've done in the last three games, I don't think it's a good number either. So no, it's not. I, I, I wish I would have calculated it because I think they were six to ten against Gonzaga, and then I'm thinking twelve of twenty one against Nebraska. Yeah, wow, that's a really good memory because yes, that's accurate, <laughs> totally accurate. Yeah, and then ten to twenty two, and then if you look at like twenty one of thirty against Montana, they shot a lot of those. But so like they here's their free throw shooting. Watch. You want to go on a roller coaster ride, everybody? <laughs> uh, Western Illinois, forty-five percent. East Tennessee State, eighty-seven point five percent. Ohio State, fifty-six. Boise State, seventy-three. I'm just gonna start reeling them off. Fifty-three, seventy-six, seventy, sixty, fifty-seven, forty-five. So we're coming down. We're going down. It's to down the end, of the end of the ride right well, now. Well, it started at forty-five. Uh, it's nine to twenty in that opener, and then. The next six games, they were at like seventy-two percent. Okay, they kind of ebbed and flowed a little bit, but it but there were still like, two sub-sixty games in that, right? Yeah, but it seemed like, but those sub-sixty games weren't those like small samples, small samples. Yeah, yeah five and nine, seven to thirteen. So it seemed like they were trending in a positive direction. Like maybe they're gonna fix this, and then, right, there's no drop off. Yeah. So yeah. Is so like, I don't, I don't know what the philosophy is because like. I, it it's seems like a, it's preference thing. They are really good shooters. We obviously I know, know it that. It seems like a metal like, thing to me. Yeah, like, it's just, we talked about it a few weeks ago about, I don't know, maybe it has something to do with a lack of experience and not just being in those situations enough to know how to focus your mind and, um, you know, just sort of fall back on your training. 
And then once I do think that it gets in the head, in everybody's head collectively, when like Mitch Bally goes out there and misses one, and then Davion well Mintzman's miss Davion missed two at the start of the. Uh, yeah, right off the bat. Right off the bat. And he's set, a good the, free, set the tone for the rest of the yeah, night. He's a right good there. free throw shooter. Yeah, and it's like, but it's like once he misses two and then Balak misses one and then, I don't know. What are they for the season? Is there any good free throw shooters on this team? Let's find out. <laughs> We're about the, oh, wait, that's wrong. Well, season. they were they came into the game ranked 278th nationally in free throw shooting percentage. So Free throw uh, shooting percentage? Yeah. Oh, my God. So that's going down. Yeah, that's not good. Here's it, 200, there's 200 set, came into the game. 278th in free throw shooting percentage, um, sixth in field goal percentage. Like, what? All right, so here's, wow, they are bad. So Tyshawn is at 76.5 for the year. Mitch Ballack is at 71.4. And the next closest is Marcus Zagorowski and Jacob Everson at 67%. So, yeah, they are a bad free throw shooting team. They're 119 of 188 for the season. That's not good. So yeah, that's uh yeah definitely. I mean, we said the first game of the year they were like this is gonna. I didn't think like, it'd this, be this bad was, though. But they were probably we, we probably felt like they could lose games at the free throw line this year. You know, if they find themselves in some close ones. Um, but we'll see if they hit them under pressure going forward because I think I think John's right. Like you can't practice that too much. It's just shooting. You know what I mean? Like you, what you it, need in, to practice in the moment is like when you're they getting do, that, and you know, they do practice the pressure situations of practice because like. The threat of running is there. If yeah. you miss, you you run. But it's like it's different. It's almost like they need to broadcast. They just need to do like a Facebook Live or a Periscope, so they know that people are watching. Start having practices in front of eighteen thousand. Yeah. Oh, okay. Or maybe like you know. So when I was a kid, and I my aunt she taught me how to drive stick. I killed the engine in the middle of an intersection, and she just nice. sat there and laughed. And she was like, "This is how you will work through." Your fear of like killing the like, as if you can get through it under pressure in the in the middle of an intersection, okay. like you'll be fine. Did you did it work? Yeah, I mean, I got it. Can you drive a stick now? Well, I I haven't driven a stick in like ten years, but I I think I can manage it. Isn't it like riding a bike? Do you ever forget? I don't know. Oh god, okay. we'll find out. So what let's I'm saying go, is, let's go in rush hour. And find so what out. I'm saying is, under a lot of pressure is to, that. Creighton needs to take a basketball hoop and put it at 72nd and not. <laughs> While John drives a stick. And then <laughs> While I drive a stick around him. We'll do it all together. Yeah. We'll work it all in one. Something like that. Yeah, okay. I don't know what I was going, where I was going. You'll probably kill the players. And Honestly, I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> yeah. But there's something They're to be free said throws, about. man. No one's guarding you. Hit the free throws. Like <laughs> there's something to be said about the pressure. Yeah, exactly. And like getting used to it. Just doing what you do mm-hmm. in the pressure of the moment. You know who would be a good interview for this is Brody Darren because, like, I heard I was too young to even go to these practices, but like, I heard he was a really good free throw shooter in practice, but just like awful in games his whole career. So like, maybe he could speak to the pressure, the differences in pressure of shooting them in practice and being a good shooter versus what happens when you're at the line and in a big crowd and the lights and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, next question, Matt Witt. Is Christian Bishop expected to get more minutes going forward? Um, I don't know about expected, but, like, I think gradually he's going to. I mean, he played think, nine. Nine's a lot for... Yeah, I mean, like, for a team this deep, there's going to be, like, a few minutes to be had here and there. Like, But I think... It, it probably... I, don't you think it's going to depend on whether or not Creighton just, it plays bigger yeah, lineups? yeah. I mean, if they're so tonight, did they? 
they play four guards all game, right? Like, I don't remember them. Yeah, they never had two bigs tonight. Right. So, they basically split time between four players split time in one spot. Yep. Um, And, like you had already said, Martin got in foul trouble. Jacob Everson landed real hard on his back. So, Mm -hmm. that opened up an opportunity for Christian to play more. I think he was already going to play. It seemed like he was... Got more I, mean, reps I don't in know. Practice. He got that that workout before the he game was it. like that was a workout. Like I'm not playing much tonight, so I'm gonna put it all out here, like with Denzel. He Mahoney was, he was working out with the red shirts, with the red shirts, hard, yeah, yeah, yeah. sweating, yeah. Um, but, but I don't know. He was he was taking more first team reps in practice, you know. Yeah, this that's week. true. So I, I thought the, was, the one thing that's like cautionary is Mac mentioned in the post game that getting Christian more reps in practice brought the other three down a level. Yeah, like so that's a concern. So you're, like, I still think there's some tinkering to be done there because, you know, Mac just doesn't want to do what John wants and go with the big lineup. So. <laughs> I, want, I, want him to go, I want him to try it, but I don't think... Mac, going, is, Mac is defiant in John's face. Like, I'm not playing two bigs at the same time, John. I know. Even though you're going to have to come at him with, like, a really hard expose on it. Like I, I am going to have to come up with a real, yeah. lot of research. Maybe even throw some anonymous quotes from, like, players on the team. Like, yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, we wish we could have more. It would help us rebound better, like something like that. Yeah, just make it up as you go. <laughs> I just, yeah, I, I, But here's the here's the counter kind of argument to it. Oh, and I haven't really playing more. You mean no, no, no. To oh, not too bigs. to not going too big. Okay, it's that. What and what games this year in the Big East are well, you going to need it? Too bigs, yeah. I don't. I Xavier. honestly, Xavier. Um, Tyreek and I don't, yeah. Here's the thing: is, are, will you need it against Xavier, or can you get by? You might be able to get by, and oh, you definitely don't need it. Um, actually, you know what? Marquette, it's better maybe. that it might be better to have four guards in games in the majority of games in the Big East. Yeah. Um, I mean, Providence maybe. Providence is one. I want to say Butler, but I don't really know if they have like true bigs. They do play big, but yeah, you're right. Though I don't think I don't know. I don't know if there's a matchup in the so Big East like, that necessitates having a big lineup on the floor. Right. It's especially if you're going to play with pace and shoot a lot of threes. Yeah, especially if you know that your four-guard lineup is going to put a lot of pressure on them mm-hmm. them defensively. Like, they're going to have to match up to you. Yeah. So, Georgetown maybe? LeBlanc and Govan? That, that might, yeah. Maybe, because they, like they like to play with pace too. So, like, they play with pace with a big lineup. Yeah. So, maybe that's one. Um because that'll be a, that'll be an interesting matchup having two teams play with pace and one yeah. be bigger. My yeah. argument is just that if you are able to go big, it adds lineup versatility, and that was what Coach McDermott mentioned at the start of the season. It's like we'll have games where we can go big, and we'll have games where we can go small, mm-hmm. and they just haven't been able to. You know, they they're hampered at the start of the year because of the injuries to Martin and, and Jacob Epperson. They weren't able to get reps in it in practice, and then these matchups at the start of the season have kind of dictated creating to go small, mm-hmm. and then they've like. Oh, hey, we're doing well, so let's just stick with it. Yep. Um, so I don't know if they're going to deviate from that or not. Yep. We'll see. Next question from Matt Hoppy is a hot dog a sandwich? No. No. Okay, moving on. Uh, fake Blue Crew is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Yes. Yes. Home Alone a Christmas movie? Yes. Yes. Is that one debated? Really? I think it's, I don't know. What would Home Alone be if not a Christmas movie? A heist movie? Well, yeah, because I think you can make an argument that it could occur at any other time of year. It doesn't have to be Christmas. Gotcha. But that, I mean, a family could leave on vacation. They could have made the movie. Mm-hmm. 
I will but, say I've never had a Christmas that, like Home Alone or Die Hard, but... Yeah. I guess you could make that argument with Die Hard, too, right? Yeah. It doesn't necessarily revolve around the Christmas. But it feels like it feels Christmas. Like, yeah, like Christmas. It gets me in the Christmas spirit whenever I watch Die Hard. <laughs> I love watching John McClane. Absolutely. Jump. Welcome to the party, pal! Yeah, oh, that's great. Yep. Feels just like Santa Claus. Um, this one's from John. Just one, not spelled like J O N though. So is that which 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 version's cooler, like J O N or J O H N? I don't even know why you're asking me that question. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> no, that was t- off the record. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, why can't Martine or Bishop play at the four to get size length out there? Um, this team is ranked in the 280th range for defensive efficiency and rebounding. Hasn't even attempted. And he's just going for spiel there. Um, so why can't Martine or Bishop play at the four to get size and length on the floor? I think that I'd like to see him try. First but. of all, I think with the second point, I don't know if playing them at the four makes the defense better, does it? Well, it probably make, depends it, on the matchup. It might make defensive rebounding better, but I don't know yeah. if it makes the defensive efficiency better. You probably are in, you're screwed in ball screens, most likely. And and Christian Bishop got blown mm-hmm. by by a six foot nine, two hundred and twenty pound. You know, I do think Martine can give you something at the four. I think he has enough versatility. He's got to be locked in, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if he is, I think he can give you something there. But then again, you're, the question is, is like, I mean, what happens when they set ball screens on the five-man? Mm-hmm. Plus, like, I don't want to, like, call them bad shooters, but Martine's two for 11 from three this year, and Christian Bishop, we know, is not a great shooter. Mm-hmm. So when you're talking about putting those those guys at the four to put a longer lineup on the floor, you're taking away you're taking away first of all a lot of your ability to pick and pop, almost all of it practically. And defensively, there's question marks at several positions. Yeah. Of that the only the only real thing you take away is you probably get better on the defensive glass. You, so like, you would get better on the defense. Yeah, yeah. It was like yeah. That's and you might get better at protecting the rim because you just have more length okay. around the rim. That's fair. So maybe the opponent field goal percentage would dip a little bit. So I guess, but in your ideal big lineup, with your big, big lineup, Martin and Christian are the two fours, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. No, there's no question. So John's, so John's with you on that one. He wants to eat. Jay, John with the... With the John. J-O-N wants John. to see that as well. Yeah, J-O-A, I, John with J-O-H-N. So you, you two Johns are almost there. Doesn't it feel, though, that like Greg McDermott is pretty well convinced that there's, they can be so potent offensively with four guards that he's willing to live with some of the deficiencies that might come with that lineup defensively? I, 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 think, it's, I think so. That's what it seems like. I mean, yeah. it, it essentially is almost like we're going to – we're going to be so good offensively, we're going to outscore people. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean we, we don't play any defense because that obviously right. did not work against Nebraska and Gonzaga. There still has to be some, um, you know, we've already talked about some of the things they got to clean up, but I think they're of the mind that they want to put their best offensive lineup out there because that's the best path for this team to be successful is to, I mean, they, they recruited these guys to play offense. That's yeah. And they are going to teach him how to defend. So, they're going to try to outscore people, there. I guess. Yeah, and I think that's—I mean, I think that's their bread and butter, honestly. That it's what they're really good at. It's what they coach, what they train, um, who they are. So, you know, while they need to be better defensively, um, while they need to be better defensively, and they need to be better on the defensive glass. 
they still got to be who they are. You know what I mean? Their identity is playing with pace, uh, playing with space, shooting the ball well. Um, so no matter what, well, no matter what they're able to do in the other areas of the game, that's how they're going to win. You know yeah. what I mean? They're, it's, they're not going to win a Big East title being a average three-point shooting team. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's just the way they're built. I am, I am curious to see what happens when they have a – Poor shooting night from three. That's what I was. Yeah, I wanted to go there because because like, what is their worst? Yeah, what's their worst performance? Gonzaga. Aren't they still like forty percent against Gonzaga? Where are we at? I have the game by game up here in a minute. Um, they were yeah uh, forty one. They were forty. No, Nebraska. So Nebraska is their worst one. No. Clemson. No, Clemson. <laughs> no. Oh. Ohio State. That makes sense. Okay, that does make sense. Yeah. In that Ohio State game, they shot it well early, and they did not shoot it well late. Right. In that game, I remember. Right. Um, so, I mean, gosh, this team hit some threes. 11, 9, 9, 12, 14, 10, 13, 14, 11, 14. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's the three-point record? Did Villanova do that last year? Is there... Oh, I don't think they're going to... I don't know, man. They don't be worth watching. Like, we'll keep an eye on it, but... I was just guessing. I don't know. It's not even close. Basketball yeah. has changed a lot. There are a lot of, a lot of teams are doing this, but mm-hmm. probably not shooting it with the same percent. That's the thing. is like, even though Creighton has shot a lot of threes and they made a lot, I mean, they weren't... Gosh, I don't think that they were even top ten in three-point attempts. Like, three-point rate, you know what I'm saying? Are they the best three-point shooting team in the country? Well, not three-point percentage. I'm oh. not talking about, like, how the amount of the percentage of... Not three-point, like, Makes shooting percentage, but, yeah, the or amount of... points per... The amount of... The three-point line, is that what you mean? The amount of three-point attempts per field goal attempts. So really? the rate of... The amount of shots that you take from three. I don't know. We'll look it up. Let's see what they're at. He's looking it up, just so you're wondering. All right. They're at 42 per, 44.2% of their shots are from three. 44.2 this year. Uh-huh. That's 53rd in the country. Are you serious? <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. What? That's 53rd? Are yes. there any good teams that are doing that? <laughs> uh, I cannot confirm. Villanova's one of them? Villanova's third. Where's Where's the rate at? I don't know. 3 point. Yeah, I thought three PA. That's not it, though. No, but it was over three three PA, right? Oh, there it yeah. is. Yeah, so Villanova fifty two point three. Yeah, how about Savannah State? Look at look at D Rock and Drake up there too. Oh, forty nine point six. Purdue, there's your Boilermakers. That's all Carson Edwards, by the way. <laughs> no, like, Purdue is shooting forty nine point two percent of its shots from three. Carson, Carson Edwards is attempting forty eight percent of those or forty eight. Uh, Bucknell, oh. they're pretty good. Davidson, Houston, there's some good teams in here. Maybe not. <laughs> We're scrolling through, trying to find a better right. one. I mean, Wofford's okay. Yeah. Uh, there's Butler. But, yeah. Butler's ahead of Creighton. Wow. In amount of, yeah. So the percentage. Okay. 44.2 is 50s, huh? Okay. So they're not like a live by the three, die by the three type of squad? Not necessarily. But we still haven't seen, again, we haven't really seen how they how they, how they, how they, how they handle when they don't right, hit. Right. What if they don't? Ever don't hit. <laughs> yeah, what if that never happened? I mean, that's possible. Sure. Um, yeah, well, I mean, if you take away the team's identity, who are they after that? So, yeah. 
like how 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 close is Plan B to Plan A? I mm-hmm. think this will be the question. Yeah. Um, we're getting sidetracked though, because I think that's the end of our questions. We're just rambling at this point. Uh, when are we coming at them next? Oklahoma's on the road next. Co. College. We've got a co-college Blue Jay meet next time. Uh, when's that? December 27th? That's, that's a Thursday. No, that, that you're thinking of UMKC. I that's am. December 27th. December 20th, Thursday. Okay. Against Co. Gotcha. And Oklahoma's two days before that. Cool. Well, thanks for the questions, everybody. It's always fun uh, seeing what you guys can come up with. Um, so, yeah, we'll talk to you after co-college next. And in the meantime... Um, I don't think Creighton's taking any days off until after UMKC, if I'm not mistaken, right? They're just practicing all the way through. Why aren't they, they taking days off over Christmas? I don't know. I think they're mandated. I dude. forgot the schedule. <laughs> they're forced to. I know. I, really I forgot the schedule. Yeah, that would, you're probably right, but I just I thought the schedule the way we maybe I'm wrong on the schedule we got, but yeah. So they're back at practice tomorrow, but in the meantime, because they got to get ready for Oklahoma, but in the meantime. Um, Check out John's work at Omaha.com. Um, do, you, do you put stuff on Facebook too, right? I mean, yeah. Do you, yeah, I think so. After the game and stuff like that, do you post post-game stuff on Facebook? I don't know. Probably. You I know what you should do? Sure. Go, watch and we'll watch, go watch John's pregame Facebook live okay, and see they, how right he was. <laughs> Sorry, that's okay. There you go. Yeah. Just grade, grade John's performance tonight. Um, yeah, you guys still got that six ninety nine deal going on too. Six ninety nine for a subscription. Yeah, how many per months month. is it per month? Yeah, six ninety nine per okay. month. Nine nine cents the first month. Is there like a subscription? Sports only though. Is there a subscription they can get that's like an extended time period? I think I have one of those, like a six month one, a six month yes. trial type of deal. I'm how much sure is that? Is. I do not know. Do you, you don't, you don't have that? I don't have that on me. <laughs> I do not have our price point. Are you on a me. subscriber to your own? Yes. Okay. I am. That was a bit. That was an important question right there. Right, I think we good were, answer. By I, the way. Well, I think Under we're pressure. like forced to. So. Oh, are you? Yeah, I think. I think. Part of I don't your, know. Part of your. It comes out of your paycheck. <laughs> or, uh, subscription. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, check out John's work. Obviously, he does a great <laughs> job. Sorry, he does a great job. Seriously, check it out. Um, and then whiteandbluereview.com. dot uh, com. We'll have the Blue Jay beat up for you soon. Um, then we'll have recap, notebook, and then practice reports and all that good stuff, uh, leading up to Oklahoma and beyond. So, you know where to get it. Go find it. Um, and then we'll talk to you after the game against Co College. Is that after Christmas or before Christmas? Before this Christmas. December. I just. I'm sorry. You. I'm spacing. <laughs> okay. I was like, I was trying to promo, and then like you're locked in. December twentieth. December twentieth. Okay. So we won't say Merry Christmas right now. We'll say it after Co. <laughs> Co. What's Co's team name? I do not know. Okay. They're just Co. Co College. Thanks. Is it, is it Co? C O E. Yes. All caps or C. Capital, so like, like is it, is like it, abbreviation, is it, is it abbreviation or something? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, all right. we're gonna have to investigate that. Yeah. We have a week to do that. To we do to it. find out what Co is all about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, are they D three? D three. Okay, D three team coming to Omaha. We'll talk to you after that. Thanks, everybody.